0: In the fabric of America, they are the toughest threads. One of the first things they learned was the code that every service member lives by, leave no one behind. Now all of us need to live by it too, because some veterans are being left behind. 20 of them take their own lives every day. Learn how to be there for a veteran at bethereforveterans.com. Honor the code, be there, leave no one behind. Monday, November 27, 2017, Born the Battle, brought to you by the Department of Veterans Affairs. I am your host, Marine Corps veteran Timothy Lawson. It is Monday, so we are going to be doing a benefits breakdown, and this week we're going to talk about the Office of Tribal Government Relations. The office works to strengthen and build closer relationships t- between the VA and Tribal governments and other key federal, state, private, and nonprofit partners in an effort to effectively and respectfully serve veterans across Indian country. The office's director, Stephanie Birdwell, is going to join me and going to talk about how her office communicates the resources and benefits that VA offers uh, to the end user in these tribes, how they collaborate and partner with. The tribal governments locally, uh, and then the, the nuances that Native veterans need to be uh, aware of, or they become aware of when they return, um, as far when it comes to their benefits, such as applying for a VA home loan uh, that may be on tribal land, stuff like that. So, director of the Office of Tribal Government Relations, Steph- Stephanie Birdwell. I hope you enjoy.
1: office of tribal government relations
0: okay we're here to explain to the audience what exactly this office does and um, any resources that they should be aware of or um, any what's the word i'm looking for you mentioned like the home loan on on like uh, on tribal land is Handled differently, uh, stuff like that. Yes. So let's start with the with the overall, the bird's eye view, the objective, the mission of the office.
1: Sure, absolutely. So, uh, VA's Office of Tribal Government Relations is part of the Office of Public and Intergovernmental Affairs. We're based here in D.C., but we have four Tribal Government Relations Specialists located across the country. Um, There are actually 567 federally recognized tribes, and American Indians and Alaska Natives serve in the U.S. Armed Forces at at a very high rate in proportion to um, the overall population of of American Indians and Alaska Natives in the United States. so when the office was established seven years ago. Um, of course, we, we work within a part of the VA organization. We're not part of the Veterans Health Administration, the Veterans Benefits Administration, or the National Cemetery Administration. But we serve more as, uh, as a staff office to the secretary, and we have colleagues within Intergovernmental Affairs that work with state governments. We have colleagues that work with um, international relations. And then our focus really is working uh, with directly with tribal governments across the United States. Um, so uh, when veterans, Uh, come home from service, um, they are, and and if they return home to their tribal communities, um, American Indian and Alaska Native veterans are in a unique situation in that they're uh, citizens of the United States, they're Americans, they're citizens of the states in which they reside, but they're also citizens of their tribal governments. And um, when the office was established, we kind of uh, identified three overarching goals, and those were to support VA's tribal consultation policy, which means that whenever the agency is making decisions about policies or programs, um, that they will they will ask um, those those folks who are affected by those decisions. So they'll engage in tribal consultations. So if a decision is being proposed that's going to affect veterans living in tribal communities, they'll make sure to consult with um, those tribal leaders and tribal officials to get input that may inform that decision making or or change policies or programming. So in addition to tribal consultation, uh, we focus on activities that promote increased access to care and benefits for veterans living in tribal communities and also that promote um, economic sustainability for veterans living in, in Indian Country. So, Um, A lot of what we do is a lot of training, a lot of um, outreach and a lot of intergovernmental site visits so that the whole VA enterprise, whether it's the leadership or um, the subject matter experts that work in the administrations within VA, um, they can build relationships and build bridges so that they can more effectively partner with tribal governments. When it comes to, um, and now tribal governments can be located in rural areas. They can also be located in urban areas. Um, uh, There are tribes that are uh, located in the Phoenix area that are in Scottsdale, Arizona. There's a tribe that's right in Palm Springs. Uh, So sometimes there's a a perspective and a lot of tribal communities are in very rural locations, but they're also again in, in urban locations. Um, two, two areas that come up quite frequently that we focus on um, are uh, that, that relate to what we call land tenure issues and then health care. Uh, when it comes to land tenure issues, uh, so a veteran who goes home to uh, their tribal community who may want to use their, their benefit that's a VA home loan is kind of in a unique situation in that. Um, it's required by statute that the tribe has a memorandum of understanding with the Veterans Benefits Administration and once the MOU is established uh, the veteran can then work with VA to uh, apply for a mortgage uh, from the VA and the reason why that, that situation, that veteran is, is in a unique situation is that um, historically uh, banks would not lend on, on tribal lands. Um, so basically, this, this MOU and this opportunity really provides that veteran uh, a chance to have a VA mortgage, but they work directly with VA, where VA basically functions as, as the bank. Um, a veteran who is um, seeking a VA uh, mortgage that's not located on tribal lands um, uh, does not um, have to go through that process necessarily because the veteran that's on tribal lands, ultimately the the United States basically holds title to that land. So that's a very unique situation from a land tenure perspective. Um, And then um, over when it comes to healthcare, um, the healthcare um, that's administered on tribal lands is delivered either by the Indian Health Service, so it's federally administered, or it's actually uh, administered by by the tribal government or, or a tribal health program. So VA actually purchases care from the Indian Health Service and from tribal health programs um, in order to ensure local access for veterans living in Indian Country. So uh, a veteran who's more comfortable or who chooses to receive their care from their tribal health program or from the Indian Health Service, VA, VA actually pays for uh, the, back to the tribal health or the Indian Health Service program for the vets that are receiving primary care from those facilities. That that's not a requirement. A vet can some vets prefer living in in, in across Indian country. They actually prefer to, to go to the VA or they choose VA, um, but this basically offers assurance that uh, the local IHS or tribal health program has an existing relationship with the VA and then can kind of assist with coordinating uh, both systems and, and navigating um, uh, patient care between the two systems. Um, So that's just a little bit, again, what we do is, is to kind of work with tribes to help navigate the bigger VA bureaucracy and VA VA system, as well as veterans living in tribal communities. But at the same time, we also work with VA to help VA be informed and smart about how they are um, honoring the government-to-government relationship that exists between tribes in the United States um, and and be smart, informed, culturally sensitive um, in in the VA's work with tribal governments. So that ultimately, when a vet leaves service and if they choose to return home to their tribal community, they're not um, sort of um, left left without or, or um, do not have kind of a, a voice or an office that is working to kind of remove barriers so that um, the VA and tribes can work collaboratively and, and ensure that vets have direct access to those services that benefits that they have earned.
0: Wow. That was uh, a tremendous <laughs> explanation. <laughs> yes, so. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so you mentioned um, uh, home loans and health care, is there any nuances in education benefits?
1: Um, so the, one of the nuances with when it comes to education benefits are um, that uh, there are actually um, Uh, a number of tribes or approximately there i think there are just over 30 um, tribal colleges that are um, that are across the landscape of of indian country Um, and veterans who are attending tribal colleges of course can choose to use their um, GI Bill or Education v- Benefits to attend a tribal college. Um, so that's something that that's somewhat unique um, And then w- what's also not necessarily unique is that vets of course of, across Indian country may choose to uh, Not attend a tribal college. Maybe they're going to t- attend a college that may be more mainstream um, But they uh, but they may have become more active in and in, in being involved in student veterans organizations so you may have um, uh uh, post-secondary institutions, uh, like Fort Lewis in Durango, Colorado, like Northeastern State University in Tahlequah, Oklahoma, that are more uh, mainstream schools, if you will, but happen to have a high uh, Native student population that that also may are also um, strong in their their uh, you know student veteran organizations. So you may have um, you know the head of a student veteran organization who also happens to be a Native student um, attending as well. So you kind of see um, both within the tribal college world use of education benefits, but then also within the more mainstream educational world, where you're seeing more Native students utilizing their their education benefits, but also serving in leadership positions with student veteran organizations. So that, that kind of that um, that dynamic of you know starting with with the veteran and um, Native veterans, American Indian, Alaska Native veterans, again kind of walking uh, as a citizen. Uh, of, of multiple jurisdictions, a citizen of their tribe, um, having cl- cultural ties and, and affiliation with their tribal government, but then also going out in the larger world as they did through their service, um, you know, and and uh, and and walking in kind of. Sometimes people call it, you know, walking in kind of both worlds, and you see kind of a lot of that sort of back and forth um, when it comes to uh, Native vets or American Indian, Alaska Native veterans.
0: So it sounds like the the nuances of these benefits um, are particular to um, veterans that reside on tribal land or within their their tribe's area. Um, am, I, am I getting that right? I, yes. Do any of those nuances exist for? Um, uh, for Native American service members or veterans that don't uh, like reside with or like on their tribe's land,
1: um, that's a very good question. Um, I think that, um, and I'll, I'll kind of venture a little bit. So, for, from a from a I think a cultural standpoint, um, there are, um, for instance, VA VA facilities um, that offer um, cultural. Uh, that recognize, I think, some of the unique uh, cultural distinctive uh, differences or cultural traditions and customs that are beneficial uh, to both Native peoples as well as non-Native peoples. Uh, the VA in Salt Lake City uh, has operated a, um, they call it a, a sweat lodge, um, that is available to all veterans. It's it's very inclusive, but it's actually um, uh, uh Uh, and a large number of native vets participate in the sweat lodge, and in addition to Salt Lake City, there's been Walla Walla VA, Um, there are a number of VA facilities, uh, Fort Meade, um, in the VA Black Hills area, that have, uh, that have, and that have, are open to, and I would say VA as an enterprise is absolutely open to diversity and and being inclusive, but these locations have actually established and implemented things like sweat or traditional customs um, that have been beneficial not just to the native veteran population, but um, a, a number of the non-native veteran population have embraced and benefited benefited from those um, offerings as well. Um, th- so um, but, also, getting back to, so interestingly, um, getting back to the unique kind of healthcare system, uh, in particular in tribal communities, of all of the 567 federally recognized tribes, 229 of them are located in Alaska, mm. um, so. Um, really? Yes, yeah, so wow. the, the Alaska Native healthcare system, actually uh, VA purchases care Um, for uh, care for both native and non-native veterans. And the Alaska Native Healthcare System is located in, in rural, very rural parts of Alaska, where there are no other providers, there's no VA providers, there's no other mainstream providers. So VA has worked with and utilized and leveraged the, the infrastructure of the Alaska Native healthcare system, again, to purchase care to treat both native and non-native veterans. And that kind of rurality, uh, when we're talking about um, a lot of the outreach that we do, Um, VA is getting ready to work with tribal governments um, on a, what we're calling it, a a kind of a presumptive um, claims campaign. So, um, So having kind of claims clinics within tribal locations, focusing particularly on reaching vets who may have presumptive conditions. And we're looking forward to launching that in 2018. So whenever, whether it's the presumptive campaign or any of the outreach that we do, a lot of tribal governments... Um, probably the majority, because veterans hold a very high place of esteem and respect within tribal communities. But uh, tribal governments are very um, inclusive when it comes to serving vets. So say we have a uh, presumptive claims clinic in a very rural location or, or area. Again, uh, many tribes say we want to be good neighbors. So it, it, the um, outreach event yes, absolutely may reach veterans in Indian country, but it may reach also and serve veterans that are, um, are again, co-located next to tribal um, headquarters, tribal towns, so it also can be very beneficial for very rural veterans who may also kind of struggle with access issues and, and outreach um, issues as well. So. Um, the, when it comes to VA's work with tribes, again, some tribes are located in urban areas, but particularly in in rural areas, um, that that rural stress presence and infrastructure and network is very valuable when it comes to VA, you know, leveraging and reaching um, the r- veterans in the rural part of the world. And as we know. Um, A lot of states that have uh, rural territory have high uh, Native population serving, but also have very high veteran population uh, serving. So uh, places like Montana and Alaska um, have a lot of veterans, both Native and non-Native. So again, leveraging that rural uh, uh, network where um, tribal headquarters are located can be very beneficial in reaching and serving all vets for outreach purposes and, um, and, and so on.
0: Wonderful. So, if if a, if a veteran t- returns um, and they want to exercise these benefits we've talked about, who helps them navigate these nuances? Is it their local tribal government that'll help, or does VA do a lot of that workload? Is it a balance of the two? Um, you know, where, what's their first point of contact when trying to navigate some of that stuff?
1: That's that's a that's an excellent question. What we've seen um, over the last um, I would say, well, over the last seven plus years, is that um, tribes have really, um, have really uh, been proactive about um, uh, sometimes hiring or ensuring that uh, local staff. Sometimes they're called tribal veteran service officers. Sometimes they're called tribal veterans representatives. Um, so sometimes uh, tribes have uh, basically uh, hired or established one position. Some tribes are establishing their own uh, departments of veterans affairs. Um, so uh, and and are, are seeking training. Um, whether it be from the VA, whether it be from the state, whether it be from veteran service organizations. So a lot of tribes have really kind of ramped up their efforts locally to be that kind of local point of contact for vets once they come home uh, to kind of help navigate the system. and. Uh, The tribes, uh, again, and the majority of tribes have at least one individual, if not more, who um, attend training and are informed about VA services and benefits. And they have been just really fantastic partners uh, when it comes to, again, establishing relationships with state departments of Veterans Affairs, but also their local regional VA partners. Uh, Our um, staff, our regional VA staff, our tribal government relations specialists, they also serve, and and we serve at the national level. We what we'll say a lot of times is, um, you know, we go out to some locations, and they're very long-standing, very positive. Um, establish relationships or partnerships, whether it's from the VA healthcare uh, system, the regional office within the Veterans Benefits Administration, Veterans Service Organizations, and, and it's really uh, fantastic to see other locations, maybe the, the relationships are not as strong or have not been um, as, um, as enduring, if you will. And so what we always say is when in doubt, you know, don't hesitate to email us. Give us a call. We'll make sure that you get connected with who you need to talk with, and that comes that 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 communication goes uh, whether it's to a tribal official, a tribal leader, uh, a service provider in in tribal communities. Um, uh, or sometimes it's the veteran and their families themselves. Is if you're ever in doubt when it comes to navigating VA, um, we're happy to get you connected to who you need to be talking with. It's
0: perfect, yes. Stephanie. Is there any other aspect of the efforts of this office or delivering benefits to Native veterans uh, that that we still need to mention?
1: Um, I I think um, the the what probably the so VA in 2016. Um, initiated tribal consultation um, with um, with tribes, basically asking tribal leaders. To, to identify what their priorities were for veterans living in Indian Country, and um, the responses, it was like the top three to five priority, priorities. And the responses that came back were very, um, very consistent with priorities for uh, for veterans across the board. They were things like uh, um, housing, transportation, um, understanding benefits and services, both by both by both veterans and their family members. Um, uh, Post-traumatic stress, mental health services. Um, so, so that was kind of like I say, what was interesting was was it was more it was the, the priorities of veterans in Indian Country mirrored uh, in many ways the priorities for veterans that we hear nationally. Um, but woven within um, that response were things like um, uh, understanding um, the relationship. Uh, with tribes in the Indian Health Service and the VA. So understanding the nuances of Indian health, um, uh, being aware of uh, certain protocols or cultural competency considerations, um, understanding the potential role for tribal veterans, representatives, and service officers. So what what, what I thought was fascinating about that was was it kind of hit on um, a lot of the relevance of the work that we do, and that is that um, in many ways, Veterans are veterans just the same, whether they they come from Indian country in terms of their priorities, or they come from an urban area, or they come uh, they serve and they come from a variety of diverse backgrounds. And in, in many ways, they identify their needs are are very consistent. It's like we're um, in some ways we're we're more alike than we're different, but at the same time, rec- what uh, that consultation kind of identified um, those areas that um, if you take the time to understand. Um, and respect uh, the unique culture or customs or traditions that people come from, um, you'll be more effective in building trust and building uh, enduring partnerships and collaboration. So I think that was really kind of what shined through where how we're alike but also how if you take the time to understand um, our differences um, that that can result in maybe a richer experience um, and, and a more trusting bond with the veterans that we serve. So it's kind of a win-win. It's like it enriches the people who are serving our vets, but it also enriches them because we kind of create a greater sort of cross-cultural understanding. So um, understanding and respecting our similarities, uh, but appreciating and understanding our differences and how understanding that can really serve to build bridges in the long run.
0: Wonderful. Stephanie Birdwell, thank you so much for your time. That was fantastic.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Tim.